Welcome to the Success Ascent. My name is Pat Mancuso, the creator and host of our show. Today we welcome entrepreneur, business owner, and author Doug Wing. Doug started when he was 10 years old working side by side with his dad Hal at the Little Giant Ladder Company. In Doug's book, he shares a number of amazing stories about what he learned from his dad Hal. He talks about patience is a waste of time, one of my favorites. He says that it takes a lot of time and effort to build a strong company. He says you treat people like family and you build people and the rest will come. And one of my favorite parts of the episode is when he talked about if you concentrate on building the business and not the man, you will not succeed. But if you concentrate on building the man, you will build both. I know you're going to enjoy the episode today, so on to the ascent. Welcome to the Success Ascent. My name is Pat Mancuso, and I'm the creator and host of our show. And today we have a very special guest. And I'm going to introduce you to Doug in just a second and share all these great things that he's going to share with us today. I just want you to think ladders. I just want you to think ladders. And you're going to get a clue here in just a second. So Doug began working at Little Giant building ladders when he was just 10 years old. And I watched the video and I watched the story. And there's some fun stories in that that hopefully we can get into. Growing up with Hal as his father, Doug, uh, father gave Doug a foundation of faith, persistence, service, and a love of all things fast, of course. We didn't talk about cars. We're going to have to talk about that and motorcycles. He used that foundation to help build the brand and lead the sales team at the Little Giant. He has more than 40 years experience in manufacturing, operations, sales, sales leadership, and executive management. Doug carries today on the legacy of Hal and his service to the church, his charity work, and his business ventures. In 2020, he co-founded Bohr Investment Group. Bohr is involved in real estate rentals and property management. Doug serves on the board of directors of Honoring Heroes Foundation, a charitable organization that helps fallen police officers and their families. Oh my gosh, what an amazing, amazing commitment. He also has served two missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, Pat. It's so nice to meet you and be here. I, I really appreciate this opportunity to, to, to be here. It's great. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure. And I want to give a shout out to Ken Walls because you actually were a part of uh, a deal with Ken and I'm part of Ken's group. And uh, it was just an opportunity to make a connection. So we're blessed to have you here today and certainly grateful. So, Doug, I always like to have some fun with my guests as we get on. And we, you know, we do the intro and that's the intro on paper. Tell us something about Doug that maybe somebody doesn't know or you wouldn't want somebody to know. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that when you asked me that <laughs> earlier. And uh, my senior year of high school, uh, I had one friend. He was real. He was a little crazy, a little wild and crazy. And, and he just barely passed away, which is really, really sad. But um, mm. he, he, we, 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 our last day of school, he said, hey, let's go to the store and buy some eggs and just plaster people with eggs and <laughs> I was a good kid I didn't really get in a lot of trouble but um so me and him and another friend whose dad was the chief of police where I grew up oh my. we go and buy eggs and we're just you know hitting people with them and everything and and um and we come around this corner and um I'm driving my car uh, my buddy Brent's in the front our windows are down you know it's like May and good weather and the kid in the back stabs the chief of police and we see this guy talking outside of a car in just regular clothes talking to somebody my friend throws an egg over and as he throws it over the car 
my our buddy in the back goes, that's a police officer. Oh, and no. the egg comes over and hits him right on the side oh, of the face. No. It goes all over his clothes and everything. Well, he jumps in his car and pulls us over. And he tells me and Jack in the back, he says, you guys need to go home. And it was like just barely early too. It was the last yeah. night of school. And he takes my friend Brent home. I mean, he takes him home. And <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, we thought we were going to get in a lot of trouble, but um, we didn't get any trouble. My parents, I don't think, ever found out about it. But my buddy, whose dad was chief of police, he said, oh, everybody teased that guy, and, you know, because he had egg on his side of his face and everything. And we didn't. Oh. But luckily, you know, like I said, my my friends, my, one of my friends' dad was police chief, but we probably could have gotten a lot of trouble, but we didn't. Well, let's hope the statute of limitations is long gone by now on that one. So, oh yeah, they, and the thing is, they confiscated all the eggs and everything. Oh, so that's funny. We that's funny. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I, so I'm I'm getting a sense, Doug, that you know, based upon the little research that we did and listening to your story when you were uh, you and your buddies broke into the manufacturing place and and you know played a little game in there and there was a little injury. I'm getting the sense that you kind of live on the edge a little bit. That's what I'm starting to hear. Well, I did have a key because I cleaned the building and everything. But yeah, that was a lot of fun to go in there. And, and it's, it was probably a couple hundred thousand square foot building yeah. full of ladders, turn off all the lights, completely pitch black, and then play hide and seek in there. It was a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's let's talk about, let's go back. So, you know, as I, as I, I did the research, you know, so your dad gets um, involved with a gentleman, uh, you know, abroad who's got the opportunity to have you all manufacture ladders here and a very unique ladder, by the way. I mean, it wasn't your ordinary ladder. And, and so he does that. He takes advantage of that opportunity and builds this amazing organization. So talk a little bit about the organization itself beyond that. Yeah. So in the very beginning, uh, the, the other ladder companies actually laughed at my dad and said, Mr. Wing, you're an idiot. You're going to completely fall on your face. And my dad said that really motivated him. Uh, to be successful because here were these giants of the industry and they laughed at him. Yeah. And um, so anyway, yeah, my dad was com in a completely different business. He was really, uh, he was crushing it in the life insurance business, came across this, this uh, design and um, brought the, brought the idea back to, to the U S and um, really um, he created uh, a demonstration. I mean, he was selling a ladder it was probably $300 at the time in the early seventies interest rates were high. The economy was terrible. Yeah. And he really had to, to go toe to toe, um, either house to house or business to business. And then eventually through trade shows and fairs, and they developed this presentation where they would captivate people, do a quick presentation, do a, you know, close on them and then have, you know, answers to objections. And they would take orders at these fairs and stuff, write up, you know, the orders, tell people you'll get your ladders in four to six months, but Oh, by the way, you need to give us your money now and then you'll get your ladders. And, um, and so that's how the company started later on, you know, other distributors that say, Hey, we want to sell these. And so sure. that came at late at a later time. And, but there were a lot of ups and downs, highs and lows in the business. Um, uh, eventually our, you know, our patents ran out. We, man, we almost went out of business several times and then wow. we did a huge infomercial that just changed the whole face of the company and, and brought big, big success. And, and then the company invested in other uh, verticals and, and really strengthen themselves because we were kind of a one trick pony type. Sure. So there's a, there's just a lot of different layers to, to this, but it started out with my dad and, you know, one or two other salesmen and, 
and eventually, um, you know, they would bring in products from Europe and containers, and then eventually they um, received, you know, the rights to build them, and yeah. the rest kind of goes from there. But I, I think one thing people need to realize is, is you know, when you build a company, a lot of times people see little giant, like, oh man, this is such a cool company, and but it, you know, this year's the 50 year anniversary of Little Giant. It takes a long time and a lot of hard work to build a big company. You know, yeah. Little Giant's got probably four or 500 employees now and does several hundred million dollars a year in sales. And it took a long time. It didn't, it wasn't easy. And it takes a lot of work and effort. Yeah. You know? And you said this is what anniversary year? A 50th. 50th that you know you think about that how many companies stay in business in, nowadays 50 years or more right yeah. i mean you, you, you obviously had to be doing a lot of things right and in the foresight and the risk taking so so i want to i want to dial ahead because i you we're going to talk about the book that you wrote and i know that goes into you know the the journey with your dad and through that process and what y'all learned but i want to ask you the 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 success ascent is about entrepreneurs and their journey and what they've struggled with, the ceilings they've hit, and the things they've learned. So you ran the company for uh, uh, for how long? Uh, boy, so we had a, a, a management team of four individuals, myself um, as vice chairman, my brother who was chairman and president of the company, and then Ryan Moss, who is the CEO and is still there, and then, a, and then our chief financial officer. So gosh, several... Uh, oh man, I mean, 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, where I was in the direct upper management. You were leadership and you were an owner in the company, obviously. And so in that journey of, of that, what, what did you learn as a leader, if you may? Like, what did you learn as an entrepreneur? Well, I think, um, especially being around, um, you know, my father, who is an incredible uh, businessman and just an incredible individual, uh, I would say the biggest lesson I learned was that people are your most important asset in any company. Um, you know, my dad used to say, it's not our patents, it's not our products, it's not our buildings. Um, our most valuable asset in the business is, is our people. And we need to treat our people like family. We need to take care of them. And my dad was really, really good at um, picking the right people, putting them in the right place mentoring them, loving them, helping them, building them. You know, when you think about that, most businesses are just totally the opposite now. They're focused on one thing, the bottom line, the profit, right. their ROI. And Hal Wing taught me, build the people and the rest will come. And yeah. it, it came in droves. I mean, we he was so good at, at just building people, helping people, you know, and and and, and mentoring them and loving them. Um, I always tell people most bosses come through the front door. They walk in, go in their office, close the door. Yeah. Do not want to be bothered. My dad went through the back door. And if you think about this, he knew over 400 people by name. He knew something about them. He knew who their kids were, their families, what their hobbies were. That takes a lot of work right there just to know your people. And when you know people like that and they know you care about them, they will bust their rear ends for you. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, and I just had this thought because, you know, what you're sharing, I mean, it's it's amazing. And yet I was thinking about if I walked into a, a Barnes and Noble or went to Amazon and I searched for leadership books, there'd be like hundreds, if not thousands of leadership books on what you just talked about. Mm -hmm. And yet there'd be very few books on bottom line profitability. 
And yet what you said is so true. Most yep. CEOs focus on bottom line product profitability. And I wonder, do they just not read any of these books? Right. I mean, it's just like, it was just this, aha. Uh -huh. What was your biggest challenge in your leadership journey? I would say through a lot of the periods of growth, um, finding the right people, finding people as we got bigger. And, you know, as we go into the time frame that we are now, right. finding people that really wanted to work um, and that didn't have the something for nothing mentality, um, finding people who had that. And, and we always had this philosophy at Little Giant that we can, if we can take somebody that has a positive attitude and that's happy and that has a good, strong work ethic, we can teach them what they need to do in the company. And okay. so- that's one thing I really learned from my dad is we hire by attitude and work ethic. And of course, when you're talking about finances and things like that, you've got to have somebody who has a degree as your CFO, but sure. really you've got to look for people who number one, have that work ethic. And then number two, they have that attitude where they're happy and they have that great attitude. I think that's really one of the most important things I learned as a businessman and still in our company that we have now is we pick people that are just um, happy and they work hard. So in your journey as a leader, if I had to ask you, what was the biggest mistake that you made? Is there one that jumps? I mean, I'm sure like most leaders, you make mistakes and, and that's okay, right? That's where we learn. But if there was one in your leadership journey, like you look back and you went, whoa, I really missed something there. What would it be? Uh, well, <laughs> kind of... Um, I would say this, um, when you know that you have to let someone go, and I, I mean, I've kind of got a big heart like my dad. Yeah. I think sometimes waiting too long to let somebody go who you know is not working out or trying to find a place where they can, you know, be repositioned in the company. There's been people that I've actually fired before and they looked right at me and go, what took you so long? I knew I wasn't going to yeah. make it here. So I think, you know, um, again, and, and my dad was so good when people had to let go. I mean, there were some stories where, gosh, I remember one time we, we had this guy. He was an employee with us for quite some time, but he just wasn't working out. And right before Christmas, um, you know, he got let go. And I'll never forget my dad called me into his office. And the reason why he called me in is I lived like a mile away from this individual. Okay. My dad knew that. I mean, my dad knew everybody, where they lived and everything. And so my dad calls me and he goes, hey, you heard we had to let, you know, Mike go. And uh, I said, yes. And here's here's how good of a boss and a, a man my dad was. He goes, you know, Christmas is in two weeks. Mike's a good guy, but we had to let him go. And he goes, he's not going to have a very good Christmas. And my dad hands me an envelope mm -hmm. with a check in there. And he goes, I want you to take this over to Mike's house and give it to him and wish him a Merry Christmas from me. I later found out that there was a check for $5,000 in there from my dad. Wow. Now, that's the kind of employer yeah. and person that my dad was. Here he was. He let this guy go, and he totally deserved it. Right. But he's going, you know what? This guy has a nice family, and he's a good man. Dang. I, I'm, you know, I want him to have a good Christmas, and he reaches into his pocket to help the guy out. So, yeah. um, you know, just – but. But I think that one lesson that I learned was um, uh, if you need to let somebody go, let them go sooner than later. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. So in our consulting company, we have a proprietary model we bring into organizations. And whenever I'm coaching or consulting CEOs, 
I say, you know, you, you always got to think about that conference room conversation. If you hire somebody and you're, you're not hiring them through some type of process or some type of standards, you're going to have to fire them. And behind that, there's family. Because sometimes people just don't know it's time to go, right? Like mm -hmm. they just yep. don't know. And, and, and sometimes it's the permission. Sometimes it's they don't want to feel like they're letting anybody down. But it's that there's a family behind them mentality, right? And there's yeah. impact. So I, I love that that your dad taught you that, and and I love how he demonstrated the example of it. Yeah, and when we and, and again when we, I learned and my brother learned, we erred on the merciful side when yeah. someone was let go. We would we would um, you know I mean we were generous to yeah. fault sometimes, but. Um, you know, they needed help and, and they had, we gave them kind of a soft landing. And, and I think that in the end, that really will matter. Well, and, and you said to air aside on, on, you know, the, the default there on the air side of, you know, however you said it. Um, but the point is this, is that that's hard. And that's what companies in a lot of aspects don't have today is hard. They're not being led by heart and then their people are not leading and, you know, servicing and doing the things that they need to do that way as well. So let me ask you one question and then I want to transition to the book and the things that you've learned there. If you were talking to a 20 something of your version of you today, what would you tell them? About, I mean, you'd probably tell them a lot of stuff based on what we talked about in the beginning, but what would you, what would you tell them? Uh, boy, I would tell him, there's a lot of quotes that I, you know, my dad would have these little one-liners. Um, and, uh, I guess one of them would be the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And also that sometimes we all need a checkup from the neck up. Yeah. And, um, and then also one of the real valuable lessons I learned from my dad, he was more than fair. He was, he would, he had a little saying that said, if it's not a good deal for everybody around the table, it's not a good deal. And I saw him even meeting with vendors, with banks, with, um, you know, other distributors. And mm -hmm. my dad would be like, if we got the lion's share, he would be like, this isn't fair. Every, it needs to be a good deal for everybody around yeah. the table. And I think that's why he was so fair and so good and had such great relationships with people yeah. that they trusted him and, he was more than fair. Again, even with like the people that sold our ladders, the retailers, the distributors, and then even the suppliers. I mean, yeah. he was just he was just very, very fair, and it had to be a good deal for everybody, which is unusual because when you go in to negotiate, most people are like, "We're going to get it all," you know. Yeah. yeah. And win um, loss. Yeah, and so yeah. it was it was more of a win win. Hey, we're going to grow. You're going to grow, and um, let's do this together. Let's become partners. And I know with with big companies now like the little giant deals with with Lowe's and Costco you know we we go into those meetings and say hey we want to be light long lifetime partners with you and um let's work together and both do well yeah and and you know so here's the thing I'm going to be transparent I wish I would work for your company and I wish I would have known your dad because there was a quote and I, I and it so hit me Doug it just so hit me it was patience is a waste of time I love that quote. Like, that's me. I'm like, I, I like that quote. So yeah. go ahead. He, my dad was always in a hurry. He, um, man, everything he did, he did real fast. Uh, yeah. and that, that quote, one time my dad was in Europe, actually on a church mission. And the, where I got that quote was 
is he called me up and I was in the office and we were just crazy busy that day. And he goes, Hey, I need this document. Can you fax it over to me? And this was in the days when, you know, everybody faxed stuff. Sure. Sure. And um, some of the younger people are going, what's a fax machine? But, <laughs> but, um, so I got busy and I got distracted and my dad called me back like 10 minutes later. And he goes, and he had this urgency in his voice. He goes, it's me, your dad. And I go, Oh man. And he goes, I said, I'm sorry, dad. I've been really busy. Things are going crazy here. Would you be a little patient? And he, he stopped and he goes, son, patience is a waste of time. Do it now. So I, I mean, I dropped everything. I sent it over to him and that was one of his uh, sayings, but he was, he had a sense of urgency and, um, I mean, the guy walked fast. He drove cars fast. Yeah. He was always in a hurry. Yeah make things yeah, happen I, you know what i maybe i'm the reincarnation but that so much describes me him of me so that's going up on my wall i love it so let's shift gears you 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 sell the company right and and, and now you're you're doing some amazing things um as part of you know the your your uh, uh giving back to the communities giving back to your church and so you write this book talk yeah. to talk about the book yeah. So the way this book came about, um, my father passed away 10 years ago and um, we're cleaning it as we're cleaning out his house. Um, and I find this manuscript and my dad was starting to write a book. And I said to my siblings, I go, wow, this is kind of cool. Dad was writing a book and they go, yeah, you know, I guess so. And nobody really wanted to do anything with it. And I'm like, do you guys care if I have this? I'm interested in it. And they're like, yeah, no, we were just going to throw it away. So I was like, okay, so it kind of sat on the shelf for a while. It was on my desk for a while. And I'd look at it every once in a while. And I started thinking about my father and just, I started writing down some of his quotes and I was thinking about some of the lessons he taught me. And I was like, this story really needs to be told. This, this man is a different boss than any, any boss or employee or anybody has ever heard of or seen or yeah. really need to tell this story. So I go to my siblings and I said, hey, I'm thinking about finishing this book. And they kind of looked at me like you, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, I, like I said, I, I ended up, you know, retiring and doing some, you know, serving on some boards and some mission stuff. And and um, I, I started doing this book and it took me 18 months. It was during COVID. It was, you know, there was all these, I had to, do meetings over Zoom. I had sure. to find people. I ended up interviewing almost 40 people for this book. And what I found was I didn't know half of the things that my father did to help people. Um, I knew a lot of the stories, but all of these stories came as I interviewed these, his friends, his church friends, his former employers, I mean, employees and um, colleagues and different things like that. I I, I found that there were all these amazing stories that had just been kind of swept under the rug, if you would, hmm. because he, everything he did, he did anonymously. And so right. I just found out that I had a, even a lot more awesome father and mentor than I even realized I had. And I was like, this story, these stories need to be shared with the world because this book will help anybody. If it's a couple that's struggling in their marriage or with teenagers or you know, siblings or business people or salespeople with their customers, any of these principles yeah. of Hal Wing, the business principles and leadership qualities of Hal Wing, the things I learned from him will, they apply to everything. 
So, and, and I know this is going to be hard to put you on the spot, but if there, and, and you told an amazing story already, if there was another story that jumped out that from a leadership perspective, um, what would, what, what would rise to the top? Was there one that would jump out? Are you talking about a story that he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. For a story that you read or you expanded on, or you got from the interviews. Well, one thing that I, I really learned about my father was, is that he had this ability to be in the right place at the right time. And you can call it perception. You can call it a spiritual inkling or whatever you want to call it. But he, throughout this book and through these stories, I found that my father was always in the right place at the right time. And there were times where he came and helped with resources. There were times where he came and helped with visits, or there were times and when people really needed his help, or there were times when um, he came with everything he had. And one of the really cool stories, um, and he gave a lot of people opportunities, which were incredible. People that maybe other companies or other people wouldn't have given opportunities, like people, ex-cons from prison and all these people that had problems. But one of the sure. very cool, cool stories is I interviewed this couple that um, the, the guy came to work for us kind of later in life. And his wife was a, an associate of, she worked at a bank that my dad would go into all the time. And as I interview this couple at their home, um, I'm, you know, I've got my camera, my phone, and I'm interviewing them. And she says to her husband, Steve, tell him about the time that, that Halloween came and visited you, visited you at the hospital. And he goes, well, your dad came and visited me at the hospital. And she goes, no, Steve, that's not what happened. So... Um, she said, let me tell the story. And so she said, Steve was in a really bad accident. He was working for a company, a manufacturing company. And one of the machines that he was working on, um, there was like a, it exploded. It like went into, it, it sent shrapnel. He was operating this machine and something went wrong and it, the dyes and all this stuff blew up and it sent all this shrapnel into his chest oh, wow. abdomen, and a great big piece of it hit him right beneath the knee and almost cut his leg off. Wow. So he's in total shock. They call the emergency, you know, they call the ambulance. They rush him to the hospital. They call her. She meets him at the hospital and um, she's, he's in ICU and they've got him on morphine. He's in shock. They're trying to stabilize him. They really want to save his leg. And she says, I'm sitting in a chair by his, um, uh, you know, the stretcher, the bed sure. holding his hand and, and comforting him. And she said, all of a sudden out of the blue, your dad is in the emergency room. And she goes, I'm in shock. And she goes, how, how did you get in here? And he goes, that was easy. I just told him Steve was my brother. <laughs> wow. Have you ever tried to go into an emergency yeah, room? Yeah, you can. to somebody and there's a guy that's almost, you know, that's in real bad shape. Yeah. Try it sometime and see. But my dad worked his way and gotten into this place, right? Right. And she said the doctors are working on him and that, you know, all these alarms are going off and they're just running around. And she goes, your dad disappears for a minute. And then he comes back in the room with a washcloth with soap and water on it. She goes, nobody realized that Steve's face and his arms and hands were black. Wow. She goes, your dad gently washes his face and his arms and hands. 
and leans down to his ear and said, you really are my brother. And he says, when you get out of this hospital, you will be working for me and leaves. Wow. Now the story continues. Steve, his life was saved. He made it, but he, they did had to amputate his leg. And he went into a depression. And his wife says, the day that I pushed Steve into our house in a wheelchair, she goes, we were only in the house for 30 seconds. And the first person that called was Hal Wing. Hmm. She goes, how he knew we were home, I will never know. Just like how he knew we were in the hospital, I will yeah. never know. But she says, I answer the phone. Your dad's on the phone. Is Steve there? Let me talk to him. Wow. He gets on wow. the phone. He gets on the phone with Steve and says, are you ready to come work for me? And he said, Hal, I lost my leg. I'm, I can't work for you. I'm going to be on disability the rest of my life. And my dad said, you can answer the phone, can't you? <laughs> he said, yes. And he goes, you're working for me in customer service and your job's ready whenever you are. Oh, so, my. So what's really cool about the story is Steve gets a prosthetic leg and he comes to work for Little Giant, works in customer service, does all these other odds and end jobs, odds and end jobs. And um, he, he kind of becomes Hal's little right-hand man, my dad's right-hand man. And he goes, all of a sudden, I'm working for your dad doing all these special projects. And he said, I get a phone call one day, Steve, meet me at this house. Here's the address. So he goes, I drive up, your dad's there in his car. Hmm. And he says, Steve, look at that house. What do you see? And he goes, I see a house. And he goes, look closer, Steve. What do you see? And he goes, honestly, Hal, I, I just see a house. I see some cars. I see a house. And he goes, Steve, take a look at this guy's roof. He needs a new roof. I want you to ring his doorbell. And I want you to tell him somebody anonymously is going to replace his roof. Goodbye. And drives off. Steve's standing there. And he goes, I'm going to knock on this guy's door and tell him someone's going to replace his roof. And he says, finally, I get, up, I get up the gumption after five minutes. I ring the door, guy's doorbell. The guy comes to the door. Yeah, what do you want? He goes, I know you're not going to believe this, but he said, somebody wants to replace your roof, and I can't tell you who it is. Uh, is it okay? And the guy goes, are you serious? And he goes, yes, this is for real. And he goes, well, sure. Yeah, well, this is unbelievable. Thank you. So then Steve goes on to say, man, there was times, you know, he goes, he would call, my dad would call him all the time. And and say, let's go do this. Let's take care of this person. Let's go take care of that one. There is another employee I interviewed that said he always kept a nice shirt in his office because he goes over 200 times. I went on one of these little missions for your dad to help people. Wow. And every time it was anonymous. So incredible man, incredible oh, man. He would, use, he would use his employees and they would go and do all these things to help people. It was just incredible. So, you know, as I'm listening to all this and I can't wait to, to read the book, um, where do you think your dad learned all that or where did he get, I mean, th there had to be something in, in his journey that somebody impacted him or something. Did, has that ever, has that ever come up? I know where it came from and it came from his parents. Yeah. As I interviewed his, uh, last remaining sibling, my aunt, okay. other people, um, my grandmother used to go over now, keep in mind, my grandma and grandpa had, um, uh, five siblings and okay. my grandpa 
was a foreman on the railroad. And in his spare time, he farmed 11 acres and it was immaculate. So he got the work ethic from my grandpa. And and he said, my dad said he got his self-belief from my grandmother. But my grandma would go every night over to the, the neighbor's house. They had a crippled lady that lived next door. And my grandma would go over there and bathe her and get her ready for bed and everything. So I know that he got those things from yeah. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Servant, lead, servant leadership. And it starts at home, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's just wow. Oh, my gosh, Doug. We could probably talk for hours. I mean, <laughs> I, I probably need to have you back. Um, and, and I, I, you know, a, after I read the book and we can go into more details on, on those stories. Anytime. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, wow. Just wow. Um, it's just it's just amazing. And and to think that this all started and, you know, not to double it, but started with a ladder. Right. I yeah, mean, it started just, with one person, my dad. And yeah. um, he gave up a fairly good job to do to do this dream. He said, I wanted to work with my sons. I never did this to get rich. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to work with my sons and uh, everything yeah. else. You know, everything else just just fell into place because he was such a good person. He was such a hard worker and he just wanted to help people and give people opportunities. Well, and like I shared with you, my daughter works in our business and I just think about some of the things you just shared and I'm like, I've got work to do. I definitely have work to do. So let's shift gears. Tell me the best advice you've ever been given by anyone, whether it's business or life, personal, best advice you've ever been given. I would say it was from my father. Um, two two things. He would, he said, um, you can tell anybody anything. And he was specifically talking about customers. You can tell customers anything you want to, as long as it's the truth. <laughs> wow. And I thought that was really, really great. And, and then the other one is, um, that, that I, that he would say all the time is don't lie, don't steal and don't be lazy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, pretty powerful. And so I think those are the things I really, uh, and, and then you're never a loser until you quit. And, um, my father was, man, he was competitive, you know, in the beginning, um, the two brothers from the largest ladder company in the world, the Werner ladder company, mm -hmm. came up to my dad and they said, wing, you are a fool. You're an idiot. You are going to fail. We wow. could have had this ladder years ago. No one's going to buy these ladders. And my dad said that day, that was my fuel, right? Yeah. And you know, what's really funny is, is um, those guys tried to buy our company four times uh, in, oh. during the time that we had it. And my dad would never sell to them. And, you know, they would, come in, they would come in with some ridiculous uh, offer. And my dad had, um, uh, my dad had this really quick wit. And one time they came in and they said, you know, they made an offer and he goes, he goes, you guys don't want to buy me. You guys just want to own me. Oh, I love it. And I, I was, it. and he refused. He, he was just so, but you know, and then here's the thing. Years later, uh, one of those Warner brothers, they had since retired. They lived in West Palm Beach, Florida, really nice. And I was down at doing a huge show down there. And lo and behold, guess who comes yeah. by our booth? One of the brothers. And by then he was probably close to 80. Okay. And he said, can I tell you something? Hmm. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I had so much respect for your father. And he goes, uh, he was incredible. He goes, nobody thought he was going to do anything. And what he did was just in unbelievable. And he said, I will deny this. 
if you ever tell anybody, because the only ladder I have at my house is a little giant. Isn't that great? What a great story. And I was like, man, that is such a cool story. And yeah. and, and it was uh, one of the Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, I mean, it just goes to the fact that don't listen to other people because they'll always attempt to limit you to do things because they don't see that power in themselves, so to speak. Let's flip it upside down. What's the worst advice that you've ever been given that hopefully you didn't follow? And if you did, what did you learn? Well, I'll tell you this because it was from my ex-wife. Um, oh. And it's not bad or anything. When yeah, I was, no, no. I was married to her for, oh, man, almost 25 years. And so a lot of that was when I was at Little Giant. And um, she wasn't happy with, like, my progress in the company. She thought it was too slow. Oh. Uh, she thought... You know, your brother's get, getting more um, responsibility than you are, and he makes more than you. And, you know, she she goes, I think you should quit, and we should move out of state and go get a different job. And um, I thought about it for a few minutes, not very long, but and but I, I knew that it was the wrong thing to do, so I didn't do it. And, you know, there's an old saying my dad used to say, when mama's not happy, no one's happy. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, uh, that's the – that – Right there. I'm so grateful that that didn't that I didn't do that because, um, you know, I, I worked my my dad was really smart. He didn't just give us yeah. positions. Man, we had to earn them. We had to we had to learn. He had us learn every position in the company, starting with cleaning bathrooms and sweeping floors and and then manufacturing and working your way up through the process and customer service and sales and management. And finally, you know, you end, you end up, you're one of the owners of the business and you you have the majority of the company and me and my brother. And, and I look back on it now and I'm like, you know, my dad was so smart. Uh, he was yeah. so smart because he taught us well. He, he taught us how to treat people, but we learned every part of the business and appreciated everyone that worked for us. And, and so I'm very grateful that I didn't take that advice. Yeah. It ended up working out perfectly well for me. Uh, and, um, had a wonderful career and just, just yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't change that for, for anything. Yeah. It was Good great. for you. Good for you. Well, so Doug, I'm going to ask you to give us a final thought. I'm gonna do a little housekeeping here. So, uh, folks, we so appreciate your support and we wouldn't do this, uh, without you. We actually do it for you to contribute back. And we have some amazing guests like Doug and the other folks we've interviewed over the last two years. You can go and get the recent episodes at www.thesuccessaset.com. We're at all the major podcast sources, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Uh, so we love your support. Subscribe, follow, give us ratings, feedback, all those great things that you do. So, Doug, take us out. I'd love to have a final thought from you um, on what you would share with people as we end our episode. Well, Pat, I sure appreciate this opportunity. And I would say this, on the building um, – you know, on the little giant corporate building to this day, there is a quote that is screwed, right? It's on a big plaque and it's screwed right into the building. A quote from Hal Wing, where he says this, if you concentrate on building the business and not the man, you will not succeed. But if you concentrate on building the man, you achieve both. And so really, um, Hal Wing built people and, those people helped him build ladders. And so I think that's the greatest lesson that I learned from Little Giant. Zig Ziglar says it this way, you can get anything you want or you can have anything in life that you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And yeah. that really was 
the philosophy of how wing yeah. build people and the rest will come and it did come and it was just an unbelievable uh career it was unbelievable story about how wing there's so many other stories in this book where he takes people that nobody would take and he mentors them and builds them i mean that these this the current ceo of little giant ryan moss has been there um over 30 years okay he does not have one day of college he started out running punch press and now he's the ceo of the company so Hal had this unique vision of seeing people and not seeing them what they were currently, but what they could become. And then right. he, he mentored them and they became these huge successes, giants, right? They became giants. Yeah. And then they, they in turn took the company and, um, and, you know, Ryan Moss, I interviewed him for my book and he said, this is one of my favorite quotes. He said, how wing planted the trees and now we all get to enjoy the shade. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I, I cannot, I mean, I, as soon as we're hanging up here, I'm getting Amazon to ship me that book tomorrow. So it's, I can start reading it. So Doug, I'm scrolling right now. If people want to get the book, um, they can go to dougwing.com. And then also you have a website, giantsuccess.com. What are they going to get when they go to giant success? Well, when they go to giant success, they can, um, what I'm doing right now is um, that is a place where they can, if they want a signed copy of the book, either in hardback or paperback, they can get that. And, um, and then also I've been doing more speaking now for companies and doing presentations. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'll be, you know, it's pretty exciting. Like the message that we have of building people um, goes so many places. For example, one of the presentations I'm going to be doing in Utah in a couple of weeks is to an elementary school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and to yeah. te teach kids how they can become giant successes, right. In life. And you know, that really the premise is help people more, love people more and build people more or mentor people. And so I'm going to be doing a presentation. I go to, you know, corporations and do this presentation or, and I'm also going to be, when I'm in Utah, I'm actually giving a, this same presentation, on a different level to one of the largest police departments in the state of in Salt Lake right there in Utah. And so everybody that anybody that's doing anything, you know, whether yeah. you're in law enforcement or business or schools or whatever you do, families, you know, uh, you can take these principles of this book and really apply them to your life. And so I do some um, a little bit of speaking right now and you can people can get a hold of me, you know, through Giant Success as well awesome. and um, and get books and more information, but uh, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's interesting. One door opens and, a, you know, one door closes, another door opens. And when I retired, I was like, what am I going to do? And then I got into this book. Um, and I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. A couple months ago, I had dinner with Mark Victor Hansen, um, who was a co-creator of the chicken soup for the soul. And I told him some of these stories and he looks at me and he's like, I want to sign you to a three-year publishing contract to write more books. And I was like, you do? That's great. <laughs> I was like, wow. And, you know, here's the thing that's wonderful about this is not only am I, you know, helping other people, but as an individual, I'm growing now. Yeah. And I'm expanding my abilities and my talents, which I never knew I had. And, and so it's really interesting how that works, you know. It is, is so cool. You know, I'm able to bless and help other people, but then it's it's making me better as well. So I'm, I'm so happy about that. Well, think about it. If you were still at the company, you'd be building amazing ladders and you'd be impacting people. And now you're building 
ladders and impacting people well beyond the borders or the the walls of the building so well it, doug you know what i mean amazing and and uh it was so, so good that uh we we uh we went over and yet there was so much content i just can't thank you enough and i just appreciate um everything that you brought to the table today and everything you're going to continue to do so thank you so much no thank you for having me here it's been a pleasure nice to meet you and and, you know, we, I love doing this. I, I just love it. And, uh, you know, anything we can do to help people grow and, and to, well, to, to build themselves and become a success is great. Yeah, you certainly showed. You say it comes from the heart, I can tell. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today as we end every show. Be happy, be healthy, be safe until the next time we talk. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us on The Ascent today. You can find us at any of your favorite podcast sources. You can also subscribe to get updates and additional pieces of value that we send out at www.thesuccessascent.com. Thanks so much for your support. Please leave us a review. Have an amazing day. Take care.